On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Yeah, good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 15th of May. Hopefully we've had a great weekend on the punt. What about the racing around the country? We had the standalone meeting there in Scone. We had the Quaddy King. Ron Doversy get the Quaddy for us in Scone. We had uh, Giga Kick winning, of course, at Group 1 there at Doombam in a lovely, lovely ride from Craig Williams. And great to see Clayton Douglas get another Group 1 beside his name. And, of course, in South Australia, Patrick Payne. Getting the job done with Billy Egan there, with Dunkel and the South Australian Derby. Plenty of other racing as well. Also down there in Melbourne, we had the Andrew Ramsden and we saw Graham Begg and Michael D come to the office and really put away the hot favourite White Marlin in good fashion. So some good racing to sink our teeth into for punters post-mortem. You can get involved with the show on 135353 53 or the text line 0419-767272 on the Big Sports Breakfast. They play heroes and villains. Maybe we might continue that through and tell us who your hero was, who maybe your villain was this weekend uh, of the uh, of just gone. And uh, we'll have some merchandise to give away for Racing HQ and also Sky Sports Radio. Our panel is... Uh, as I said, Ron Duffersey, David Gately and Michael Maxworthy with all bases covered. Duff, hello to you, mate. Well done on getting that quaddy. Yeah, got a bit, a bit of luck there set day, Dave, which uh, was my turn. So it was a good day's racing and a good carnival all in all, as you'd appreciate being there. So um, some high-quality winners there as well. And the track just played unbelievably well. Certainly was the case. We'll dissect that Sky meeting shortly. David Gately was on Sky Racing 1 this weekend. Gator, good morning to you. And I touched on away from New South Wales, a few of the good performances. Obviously, Giga Kick was a big highlight. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? And um, there are a few uh, even saying he should have won better. I mean, how well are we going as a country when we're even potting our Group 1 winners? Uh, you know, he ran past, over past, we just beaten Amelia's Jewel and Co. So, uh, job done, next prep. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, Maxie had a front row seat there at Doombin on Saturday. Great to see a good crowd on track too, Maxie. Oh, absolutely. It was like when Black Caviar um, was here in Brisbane. Uh, everybody was tipping Giga Kick, and I looked up at the grandstands, and it was great to see the place packed. And there would have been a big crowd anyway, Dave, but the fact that Giga Kick, our gun sprinter, was here made sure that there was a great atmosphere as Gator said, there are people saying, well, it was a narrow margin, only a half a length for a $1.65 favourite, but it was a, a tip-top performance. He, he cruised up to them, and I think a lot of people, maybe even Craig, felt that he was going to get by overpass pretty comfortably, and then he had to ask him for an effort. He had to shake the reins at him. He picked up, he put them away, and when you think about it, in terms of you know top-level sprinting races here in Australia, for a horse to win a Group 1 at 1,400, and even taking into account he's only a three-year-old, and then back to 1,200 metres and beating them at the top level. Not many horses can do that. No, they can't. Uh, Duff, you were watching from Scone, Giga Kick. Obviously, you saw him in the flesh win the all-age stakes. Did you get nervous about 100 to go, or did you think that he always had the other horse covered? No, he had them covered. He had them covered. He was a horse that... Well, the way I read the races, he, he rode him like a good thing to start with. He rode him close, and then... He, 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 you could see Craig thinking, I'm getting here too soon. And he, he, he tried to just hold him back and the horse switched off a little bit and then he had to just shake him up again late. So I think there's a lot of merit to the performance. He's done a great job with him, Clayton Douglas. And um, he's a good horse. He's a good horse, you know, narrow but convincing, convincing. What do we think about the beaten brigade, Gator? So obviously overpass stacks up that quokka form. We weren't sure how that quokka form would stand up, but obviously it does. And I guess that gives us some merit to Amelia's Jewel, who you, you did reference before in the intro. And I thought Marzu was pretty good up the inside as well. And aft cabin a pass mark for sure. Yeah, no, all of those ran really well, didn't they? Uh, certainly um, overpass was up on a solid speed and was able to... Uh, uh, to really fight when Giga Kick went to him and beat everything else. So his two runs as a gelding, he's taken some good scalps in a, in a strong race in WA, beat Asfora as well as Amelia's Jewel, who'd run so well in an Oakley plate. Um, and, you know, I think a Galaxy was rather than with it, which he didn't have much luck. So uh, a good scalp. They're probably the, 
Oh, look, F. Cabin, well and truly a pass mark. He's finished off well. Um, probably the hidden gem was a case for you. I know the horse isn't getting any younger, but that's uh, a couple of really nice runs. We just uh, just a, a peg below. I think it'd be something to bet on that horse. That's the uh, the horse of uh, Mick Price and Mick Ken Juniors. That's the one. Yeah, child like a star into this prep, and then the William Reed one was a cracker. Flew home. Um, it was a swoopers race, sure, but um, you know, I was running home faster than Bella Nipatina. So there's that cocker form, and that was won by Imperatrice, wasn't it? So. Um, and then two very good runs in Queensland. So, um, as I say, uh, not a spring chicken, but it's going really well. If he gets a wet track come Stradbroke Day, that horse is a real sleeper a case for you. I think he's got a very nice wet track form. And I think I agree. He's got a couple of good runs in Australia now, and he's a real little sleeper uh, going into a Stradbroke if he gets a run. And if we get probably better a better bet if you um, get a wet track for him. Has had three starts and a heavy, one win, one minor placing. Eight starts on a soft for three wins, two minors, and the seven starts on the good, which he raced on the weekend. Just the one win, the two minor placing. So, um, and, and does he seem like a, a horse that obviously he's won at the 1400 or he's been out of the 1400 before? He won, uh, no, he didn't win at the 1400. He actually ran, he ran last at Leopardstown over 1400. But does he give you the feel of a 1400 metre horse, Duff? I would think so. The European, um, you know, the European horses, sprinters are usually 1,400-metre horses anyway, I'd, I'd suggest. So, um, and he's just looking at him. He gives the impression that he wouldn't have any um, issue with 1,400. His second-ever start, he did win over the 1,408 in a two-year-old maiden back in 2020, and that was at uh, Down Royal. So uh, that was in Ireland. So he has won over the trip before. So very interesting to see what uh, Mick Price and Mick Ken Jr., though, do with him uh, leading into the Stradbroke. So looking at that Stradbroke market as well, which is open at the tab, and there's still water to roll under the bridge. I might bring you in here, Maxie, because on the ground after the race, what were some of the connections and trainers saying, suggesting you know future runs? Regarding the Stradbroke handicap, yeah, you've spoken um, about the horses out of the 10,000, and obviously we've got to look at the Stradbroke differently because the 10,000s are weight for age 1,200 metres, and then look at the handicaps. But um, next Saturday, Dave, we've got that BRC sprint, the race that Tony Gollum's desperate to get Antino into. Um, he won't be able to sleep a wink, Tony, until he gets this horse into the Stradbroke handicap. So when the noms come out today... First of all, hopefully, he's, I think he'll get in. His rating surely should be high enough to get into the sprint. And then he's got to win it to go into the Stradbroke handicap. But still, we're, um, we're talking about Think About It, who um, will go to the Kingsford Smith Cup for Joe Pride. Uh, Yellow Brick, um, he's sort of head towards the Stradbroke handicap. Thought Villana was just a pass mark there, uh, running seventh. He was only beaten about... Three and a half lengths, but again, I think fourteen hundred metre handicap is probably going to be better for him. But Dave, um, the Derby um, is interesting with that news of Kovalika being scratched on race morning, with the Chris Waller stable saying, uh, you know, a minor foot abscess, and they were confident that he'd be able to gallop tomorrow and maybe get him back on track for the Doomben Cup. So we've seen um, Zaki push out a little bit in the market since that news out to two ten. And Tab has slotted uh, Kavalika in at $6. I think it's been about, um, when was it? Year 2000, a horse called Akhenaten. I think Bill Mitchell trained, was the last three-year-old to win a Doomben Cup. But I think this horse is a better horse than Akhenaten was. So a lot of interest. Um, he was the big favourite for the Derby as well. He's just gone out to $2.80, Kavalika, for the Derby, uh, following the, um, the SA Derby there on Saturday, so still a lot to play out with the carnival up here. Mm, he just what uh, he's a good horse though, isn't he, Duff? Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I, I'm still yet to be completely sold. Not not like everyone else, though they are. Um, I don't know whether it's a strong year for the three-year-olds. The New Zealanders have showed us up all the way through with the fillies and the and the and the um, the Colts and Geldings, even on Saturday with that horse just out of maiden class. I think he'd only yeah. been in Australia eight <laughs> days, um, just doing it boldly from the front there, Special Suey or whatever his name was. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I want to be convinced about the three-year-olds. It's a, it's a good year for them. Uh, they've shaped up against the older horses. We had Opal Ridge and Ruthless Dame. 
And we've had, you know, uh, many other horses. Giga Kick, there's another one. Uh, so the three-year-olds are very strong against the older horses. And Kovalika gets his chance. I really hope he runs in the Doombin Cup because we get a good line yeah. on him. We'll get a very good line on him. Uh, out of that, um, while we're on that rough habit, any uh, other sneaky runs in there? What did you, what did you make of uh, John Sargent's runner? Um, extra revs, Maxi. Yeah, the excellent, runs were excellent. okay. But but like Darth, I'm, I'm not sure about that rough habit form from last Saturday. I mean, look, the Vowels was very good. His, his pedigree was a little bit sort of um, dodgy at 2,000 metres, but he seemed to run it out quite well. I understand deep into his maternal side of the family, there's long-distance horses, but... I thought Stroke of Luck was okay, but as Duff pointed out, this horse that won it completely under my guard, special sway, for starties by Swain S, um, and this, this horse did win at Matter Matter over 2000, but it took him seven starts in New Zealand Maidens to win a race. I actually went back and had a look at his last two replays before he came across. Two ago, I thought, am I watching a jumper's flat or something here? Just visually, <laughs> just looking at it. And then I realised it was one of those highways, Duff, where they carry about 70 kilos. Yes, yes. And he didn't win it. And then he, he came out and he looked a bit more complete package when he won at start number seven. So he's, he's made a bit of a mockery of our opposition there last Saturday because he, Tyler sort of left a beautiful trading position. He was fifth one off the fence at about the 1,000. He left at that beautiful spot. They're obviously not happy with the tempo and he's whipped around them and, and seemingly winning with something in hand. Mm. Um, now, down to Adelaide. It's already text on the text line. He can get involved with the show. Or 0419 or call 13.53.53. Just on this Dunkel uh, Gator, who won the South Australian Derby, of course, Paddy Payne, Billy Egan. We saw him go to Hobart and win a Tasmanian Derby. We saw him back... In Melbourne, not winning the Alistair Clark, but he was very good up the inside there in Adelaide on the weekend. Look, he's... Uh, first of all, uh, I was reading uh, some stats on Paddy Payne's record in South Australia, and look, I'm a slow learner, but um, batting at about 27% or a tick under, um, this horse has a phenomenal strike rate. I mean, he's only been beaten twice. One of them he pulled up sore and lame. So, um, look, his strength late was exceptional, uh, I don't think you can take anything away from the runner-up promises kept who's led. Um, just got annoyed mid-race by a 1,000 to 1 pop and still kick. So, look, if you're on her, um, you put it this way, you've run every bit as well as the winner, but you just weren't in front of the end of the race. And Dunkel was strong. And Elberfeldy boy, who just run on well behind White Marlin and, and Jaguar, who's got former and he's a shocker, he ran a terrific race as well. He just couldn't quicken like a few of them coming wider. The other saved ground. So he's, you could argue he's run as well as anything also. Loco was fourth and, and has a horse a, a lot of upside. I think this is a race this year uh, that we can trust for a future uh, form reference. Yeah, interesting he's not in the Queensland derby. I would have liked to have seen him there and a bit of explosive jack look about him. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with Aberfeldy. Boy, it's just a matter of the derby's long, far enough for him. He looks a real stayer. But um, I've, been, I've had my eye on him for a few runs now. And um, he adds interest to that Queensland derby, considering the depth, or or maybe even I'd be more interested if one of the Phillies run in it. What price is seven dollars eight into seven? Abbott, He's Abbott well found. Yeah, He's well found for the yeah. Queensland derby. So, and um, that's that derby market open now as we speak at uh, Tab. In relation to Scone, uh, this Opal Ridge already a stack of texts here about a Duff. Um, very impressive in the Luskin Star. Lovely ride by Dylan Gibbons and. I see an article popping up in the paper about, you know, what should this horse be targeting some pretty lofty heights in the spring? Uh, yeah, maybe some lofty heights at, uh, in Queensland. Um, I don't know if she gets a, gets in it. She won't, don't know if she has a crack at trying to get into Stradbroke, but I think a Tats Tiara is well within a range. She's a good filly. She's a very good filly. And uh, the greatest asset in the horse is a turn of speed, and that's exactly what she's got. And... Uh, we were put into a false sense of security last preparation when, what did she win, that Tap Craig race. Uh, uh, it was on one of the heaviest tracks you've ever seen. And then we thought, oh, maybe. Um, and actually we went into that race thinking she mightn't handle the heavy and come out of it thinking she was a wet tracker. But then her best run before Saturday was first up. When she remember she came come from last in the Derby Munro. It was an incredible performance. And then she had the two heavy track runs again. And she was okay beating two lengths. 
But back to the dry there on Saturday, that was just a sizzling turn of speed uh, from a filly on the rise, I think. Uh, so she's won at 1,400. Uh, she looks in outstanding order, and she is a real threat in whatever she runs in. What did you make of a gator? Oh, no, brilliant. I think uh, Robbie's point about the three-year-olds is, is noteworthy. I mean, they're, they're, they're winning everything or running really well uh, up to, um, you know, a certain trip. As they get beyond uh, the mile, perhaps 16 and, and beyond, they're running well without winning. You know, you talk about the likes of Ozapenko and, and those sort of horses. Close up um, with our uh, older weight for age stars without winning. But over these shorter trips, they're winning everything, um, you know. You saw um, all the sprint races in Melbourne, Lofty Strike, uh, In Secret, uh, Giga Kick, obviously, and, and Opal Ridge's performance on Saturday was nothing short of brilliant. The clock's there to back her up. A 32-2 last 600, the quickest of any horse all day, um, and some 10 lengths above average. So you're not doing that if you're no good. Now, Maxie, uh, that uh, Tats Tiara, we know that Ruthless Dame's going there. She's $8 equal favourite now. With Opal Ridge, um, they look the main two, don't they? They do, but that's sort of coming up at the end of the carnival. Um, so there's a lot of water to flow under the bridge until we get to the Tattersall's Tiara. But again, it'll be a great race. You know, pretty much every um, decent filly and mare in the country will be entered for it. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how that race comes together at the, at the end of our carnival. And they've come out and said that Ruthless Dame will not run in the... Um Sangster, it'll go, it'll go to the Stradbroke. So their their main aim is the Stradbroke with her. Yeah. Uh, so there's another one we can add to the Queensland list. Tabane came out of the Stradbroke and then yes. went on to win the uh, the Tiara. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good fillies, this written and code duff second yep. race start flies home behind Red Card. The bird had already flown. Um, obviously, two nice horses that uh, finish in the top two there, but. Gee, this written in code. There's a couple of texts about uh, her. She, well, we've seen this with Annabelle before. She throws these fillies in the deep end and look what they do, i.e. sunshine in Paris. Yes, uh, she is um, <clears throat> very good filly, very good filly in the making. Um, you don't see it often. and uh, I was sort of rolling my eyes at those couple of maidens in that race that did look impressive to, to go to that level and be so short in the market. But she was excellent in defeat in very fast time in her own right. And she won her first start. They didn't run fast time, but her finishing speed was unbelievable. And then again on Saturday, she she's still a little raw and uh, not the complete package, but she's very, very good. So I think they've got, they're cooking with gas with her. M- might be more of a spring prospect than... Um, going bang, bang, bang so early, but uh, she's got a job done with the stakes placing already, and I'm, I'm interested to see what Annabelle does with her next, because she's very good. Mm, very, very talented. And what about the Hortensia stakes? Just some text here about uh, Quantico um, being a little bit unlucky. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, well, you've got a feel for the. It's the old saying, that's racing, it's hard to cop sometimes, and um, it wasn't jockey error. It was just it, nothing moved. It just didn't happen. Um, so what do you want to say? Should have won, uh, obviously. And it was an excellent first up run, which should have ended up in defeat. Uh, in, 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 a, in a win, sorry, not defeat. We had a situation here on Saturday, Dave, in the last race. Um, a horse that I think we've all been querying, guys, Garnati. Um, lined up fresh up after a number of uh, jump outs in Victoria. And I think back from $11 down to 7 for Team Snowden, uh, she drew barrier two in the bright shadow in the last, travelling beautifully under Craig Williams coming towards the bend. And she got put up the rails. And in the wash-up, she's been beaten about 3.7, finished ninth. But I think had she got clear, she probably wins it. It was just a case, as Ronnie was saying, nothing moved and she was just stuck there. Uh, but it w- would have been very hard to watch if you were on her, Garnatty and that last of Zumban on Saturday. Let's get to our first caller. Billy's on the line. Good morning, Billy. G'day, boys. How you going? All right? Very good, mate. Hey, Jada. Yo. It's a, it's a mate, mate, are you, Buff? Listen, that white marlin, I'm off of you now. What's going on with that? 
Yeah, well, he's an interesting horse, um, given he's not might and power, okay? He's not Vaux Rogue, and not many are. We're talking once-in-a-generation horses, those. Um, he's led on Saturday. Let's have a look at it, shall we? He's gone 216.78 for the first 2,200 metres of that race. I looked at the last four years of this race. He would have led uh, last year's race by 25 lengths, uh, the 2021 edition by near 30 lengths, uh, the 2020 edition by 18 lengths, and that was on a good track. And the Steel Prince race by 21 lengths on a good three. So um, he's gone at a fearsome speed. Uh, he's beaten all bar one, Luda Flair, who we were giving a hope in a Melbourne Cup last year. So, um, look, I think he's run enormous, but, you know, he's been beaten a, a long way as well. Um, and only beat Haspel Lawar and Salino. So I take all that on board. But, um, yeah, not many can run along at that speed and keep running. You have to be, you know, put it in human terms, you have to be Kipchoge. So was he entitled, after going out and listening to all that, those figures, Was he once he got put paid to, was he entitled to stop and finish back in the pack? He sort of fought hard and mm. rallied back the last little bit. Yeah, so I guess there's two sides of that, that coin, Ronnie. I mean, he, he's, look, he's, in my very humble, he, he's gone too hard for his own good. In order to win the race, He's spent too much petrol. I mean, the idea of an athletic endeavour is to have a, your maximum, 100% of your uh, capability, your human or equine capability exerted over the course of the distance. They've used too much of their um, petrol, if you like, in the first uh, half of the race. So he just couldn't finish the race off. But so he's run really, really, really well in my very humble. Um, but he couldn't match Luna Flair at all. Five and a half lengths. Uh, a, a decent uh, margin, isn't it? Yeah. And but he's only beaten Hustle War narrowly. Uh, Salino, who was six, sixty to one, long arm was a hundred to one. Um, so it's not as if he thrashed them. Uh, so look, there's a couple of sides to that coin. Is the way I'm reading it. Fair enough. Okay. Beautiful. Thanks for your call, Billy. Mark's on the line with a call, and you can get involved with the show too. Thirteen fifty-three, fifty-three. Got a question? G'day, Mark. G'day, Dave. Um, Maxie, I want to talk about the vows. A couple of weeks ago, I rang up and said I had uh, money on the strap rake in a pre-noms race. And obviously now it's not going to run there because Toby and Trent Edmund said if it doesn't run good in the, the rough habit, we go to the derby, we're going to spell it. My point is, I don't think it can run for strong 2,400 metres, judging on the two runs that I saw over the Queensland Guineas over the mile and running on Saturday where it was really a little bit more forward and to me, had every chance in the straight to run down a horse that took off, as you say, earlier in the race. But something like the Vows is it's going to be a derby threat um, was going to, to win the race. And before I let you answer that question, Ronnie, I've got a horse for you to follow that's running it on Wednesday, Canterbury, or Thursday at Hawkesbury. But get back to you about that. Yeah, please. Yeah, well, yeah, with the Vows, I guess they, they had those options and considered the derby path, whether they've had a change of heart since last Saturday. He ran really well there, but uh, as we pointed out a bit earlier, I don't know about the strength of the rough habit this year with Kovalika not being there. And, you know, we had a, um, obviously, a potentially very nice horse in the shape of Special Way winning, but he was a $26 chance to vows, whacked away nicely in the straight. But when we're talking about the derby and bumping into a horse that can really stay like Aberfeldy Boy and, and Promises Kept, um, it, it's going to be difficult for him. But, um, yeah, I, I guess he then had to try and qualify for a race like the Stradbroke as well if his rating wasn't high enough, and that's that's not easy to do. Like, if he gets in the Stradbroke, he's going to carry about 50 kilos over a strong one with 1,400-metre handicap race. And, yes, I, you're right, you've got to, get, you've got to win the, the Fred Best. But from what you see and what I see, this horse just... He's a strong mile of 400 metres, and he knows where the post is, and he, he fights hard. I just thought that he would have been a better chance to try over the, the shorter journey. That's all, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose yeah. being by better than ready, he's got to be a risk being a stayer anyway, but he's, he's done a good job, and he's done a really good job. Okay, well, and the horse to follow, Roddy, I'm sorry. Uh, the horse right. I spoke about on the big sports breakfast a couple of weeks ago, it's called Force Fargo. Uh, I trialled a, a couple of Fridays ago with uh, Ask Tavern. And if I had the one win, I, I, I stood up with that, trained by Gabriel Ellis, or Eagle Brett, and it was a really good win for someone who started at Wyong. 
and it's trial against our cabin. If you watch that, it was on a Friday. And Canterbury sat three or four wide all the way and run second. It was a really, really good trial. And I don't know I did... whether she's going to run into 64 or the past one on Thursday. Or she, but of course, definitely she'll watch for this I did, I did see that, uh, that the trial, and I... He won a, did he win at Wyong or somewhere in his first start? I'm sure he won somewhere, and he was very, very good. So, yeah, I'll, I'll cop it. And um, No knock for a horse that's uh, only had one start for a win and then trialled like the way he did at Canterbury, I'll tell you. All the way, mate. He didn't, you know, he just sat Jay Ford all the way down the straight, didn't move, and got beaten the head in, in good time. So I think he's got a yeah, nice horse and see what happens on the week. Okay, thanks, boys. Thanks, Mark. Mark there with his thoughts. Let's get to John, who's on the line. Good morning, John. Yeah, good morning. How you doing? Um, yeah, I was just um, interested to see if the boys um, had a look at race four, um, the um, challenge, at the English challenge at um, Scone on Friday. There was a protest third against first that was dismissed, but I was pretty concerned with the ride and um, the, of the winner and the failure to try and straighten his horse up. Yeah, I had a couple of looks at that, and at first glance I thought, oh, you're in a bit of trouble here. And then when you analysed it and went back and saw the head-on side on, the horse that moved in had only moved in without interfering, but they were a long way apart. And then I think the initial bump was only two strides from line. Honestly, after thinking... At first glance, oh, this might be an uphill protest here. When I did have a look at the head-on and then side-on where the interference happened, I thought, no hope, to tell you the truth. I, I thought it was just far too close to home, far too close to home. Uh, the, it looked like it was carting the other horse inside on, but there, it was nowhere near the horse on the inside. And I, I, I know it might, you mightn't agree because you might have been... Uh, had an interest there, but uh, I must say, not having an interest in the race, I thought it was a, a pretty straightforward decision. Yeah, you can't change anything, but one of my biggest concerns mm-hmm. with, um, you know, what the tragic um, circumstances we've been dealing with with the jockeys over the last month or two with um, these falls, Yep. on no occasion the jockey um, tried to straighten that mount up that won the race. Yep, and I, he did. He did get suspended for careless riding for five days mm-hmm. from the twenty second of May, I think it is, till the twenty seventh. But on those three three days of those five days suspension, he probably wouldn't even ride at those meetings anyway. Yeah, I know what you. I know what you're saying, but I don't think the interference was severe because it's, it wasn't as if he chopped the horse out or, or anything like that. It was, a, it was a bump coming, and he was two lengths clear of the other horses coming across, which he's allowed to do, and it was the horses doing... And he once they did make that initial contact, there was a straighten of the horse. But um, I get what you're coming at. I just I, I think there's better examples of it, and I, I don't think it was severe top-of-the-range interference. It was run of the, It was just an incident that the horse was running in and made contact two strides from the line. Okay. Good on you, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, um, yeah, I was pretty pleased with our horse's run. I think we've got a nice horse. Anyway. No, no, no doubt. No, no, no doubt. You know, it's, it's disappointing, but um, there's another day for you. Thanks for your call, uh, John. Now, before we get to Ken on the line. Um, Speaking of uh, of Mark, he threw out one of the trials. I actually was just going through the the trials from Canterbury on the fifth of May. Mm-hmm. Chance, jump on and have a look at a horse called Osmosis. You might have already seen it. Trial. It was only in a a Colts and Geldings two year old race at trial, I should say. But uh, one of the more interesting trials I've seen in a long, long time. Um, look for the Derby Racing Tellers. It's a Zoo Star Colt. Its spelling is O double Z. M-O-S-I-S, O-double-Z-M-O-S-I-S, and I encourage everyone out there to have a look at it. Rachel King rides in the trial, um, obviously drew wide, they uh, snag back, but uh, Duff looks a bit like a monster, um, and the way in which it wins the trial, uh, and the manner, it's not nom for any big future races or anything like that, but they look like they've got, I don't know what to beat in the trial, or the time to come out of it, but just visually, 
Um, it looks like a, they've got a really nice horse, Bjorn Baker and the uh, the Derby Racing Team. Yeah, well, they've got a good string at the moment, and I've, I've, I do know that horse. I've been, I think a few people have been watching him at the trials. I think he's won three trials, actually, and may have been two this preparation, but um, he he won a, a trial again this morning, actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure I watched him when it, uh, just glanced at him this morning winning a trial, and then the one at Canterbury as well. So he's had three trials, one last September, where the format of that trial has been good, and I'm sure that may have been the official two-year-old trials. And then he's gone bang, bang again. So I wonder, I wonder whether he starts off soft or um, goes to Brisbane for a little race. I'm not sure. Okay, so he did trial this morning, okay? I wasn't... McDonald, and McDonald, as soon as he puts his hand up, I'll ride that. And uh, I'm sure McDonald rode it this morning, where poor old Rachel, she rode it at the other two trials. But uh, you, get, you get the J-Mac tap, yeah, and J-Mac, you're off. Yeah, we're on. <laughs> so that was, that was trial four this morning. So there we go, punters. You can go back and have a look at that uh, trial this morning of osmosis, as you can all those uh, trials uh, from this morning, not only via the uh, Sky Racing website, but also... Uh, on the Racing New South Wales website. Very, very interesting. Uh, Maxie, going to bring you back in here because there's a text about uh, the second race there on the weekend at uh, Doombin. Wanting to know your thoughts on the performance. And I'm just pulling up on my screen. Hi, guys. Can you ask Maxie about the second race? That second race, of course, was won by Heathcote's horse. Um, And I remember watching this because... It seemed like everything was going to plan for the favourite. J-Mac was in a lovely position, and then they whipped around. They sort of put some pressure into the race, and it was a dead heat for third. Yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, I, I thought he was just plain, to tell you the truth. Um, the winner, she's just a star filly, and I know Gator's um, got a similar opinion of her. She can really rattle off great sectionals in Katarina. She's the half-sister to Star Tontes, and they look identical they're by different sires, and they've got similar, you know, <laughs> finishing bursts on them. Um, and she was super against the pattern. I thought Atmosphere, he did have a bit of a crack for the lead, couldn't get it, but got into a perfect trading position there to win. And, oh, you know, he's dead heated for third. And she's just swept down the outside when the tempo was totally controlled by the front horses. They've slipped home in 33.85, and Ekaterina has run some phenomenal section to pick them up in the home straight. Startontes went on as a three-year-old like this filly is now last year. She ran fifth in the Stradbroke and then she won the Tiara. They're probably looking at, you know, trying to get her into the Tiara. I don't know how because uh, she's only got a rating of about 82 points. So she needs to win a nice race to get into the Tiara. But she's got a great profile. I thought the runner-up was quite good there. Sandpaper, Count de Beans was good. But I thought Atmosphere clearly had his chance in that race. All right. Now, I want to ask you a comment about this stuff. As someone who has ridden and been involved with jockeys, and there has been a text on the text line to allude with it, and obviously we've got um, you know Richard Callender, etc., uh, a number of News Limited people involved with Sky Sports Radio, and on News Limited, Shane Dyer's writing a column now. I'm not sure if you've seen the column, uh, Duff, but he's talking about the jockey vest. Um, and he's... I- Basically said, um, during the past week, I've spoken to many jockeys who have ridden with and without vests, and they've backed my argument on this issue 100%. Most of the current jockeys have never ridden without a vest, so they don't know any different, but I can't sit back any longer and let this go on. Someone has to take a stand. In 1998, prior to vests becoming mandatory, I was given one to trial and provided feedback. Um, He's basically suggesting that um, uh, the jockey vest, uh, is it still safe for jockeys to be wearing these vests? I glanced at that story just before we come to air and an unpopular opinion, I agree with him. Um, I think it, I've said it all the way through and I, I, and I know Shane's been on it as well. I, it might be an old man's thing, but to the, the old jockeys, you know, and they're set in their ways, but I, there is too many back and neck injuries and I, and I agree with the comment where, well, when we fell off, you know, there's a, obviously there was a lot of broken ribs and broken limbs and whatever, and that's fair enough. But these, the way these jockeys slam to the ground with these vests on now, and they can't roll. The first, everything we were taught early on, we used to have to go to apprentice school and we had to get on this pommel horse and learn how to roll, roll, roll. When you hit the ground, roll. And not hit the, hit the ground with a thud with a vest on. Uh, and I, I know science is better than our minds and, and and a lot of homework has gone into it 
and I'm not going to argue with science and, and, and people in better positions than me, but I have to agree with Shane. That article, by the way, if anyone is interested in jumping on and having a look, it's on Racing as we speak. I think Shane's been uh, going to be doing a column for Racenet over the, the course of time. So uh, an interesting and discussions that obviously we need to be having um, as an industry. Uh, Maxi, actually, no, I'll go to Gator here because, Gator, um, you had your eyes on Adelaide. We spoke about to Dunkel. Um, what did you make, though, of the Adelaide Guineas winner, Party Princess? Uh, Gibbo wants to know this coming in. Uh, yeah, well, I think sometimes um, I'm as guilty as anyone as, as death by analysis, but uh, that looked a case of uh, simply too good. I mean, um, a good solid speed, you know, set up, uh, tends to set up the, the best athlete, um, wasn't a dream run and still beat them easily. So uh, clearly the one to take out of that race in my humble. Okay, all right, that was uh, that one. And one more from Adelaide too that I saw earlier on the text line here. Uh, Air Assault. Gee, Stubby Holder had a day out. Another one here for the Leon McDonald Andrew um, Goulas stable. Uh, Air Assault won the sires there. Yeah, uh, that um, win uh, was solid. Uh, I'm, I'm yet to see the figures come through, and that's what I'm keeping a close eye on with that race because um, it, ha- it had some question marks and holes in it going into the race, in my view, but. Um, yeah, so uh, as I say, still waiting on the figures, and that's going to tell the story for me there. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. So let's get to Ken on the line. G'day, Ken. Yes, good morning, gents. How you doing? Very good, mate. Uh, could I speak to Ronnie, please? Yes, mate. Yes, Ken. Um, race 7 up at Scone, Red Card. We've been talking about Opal Ridge, and I thought that was a great win, of course. But Red Card broke the track record. And it's um, come from barrier 15, like the outside virtually. What do you think of that? Where do you think it's going? Well, it's hard to say where she's going uh, because I thought she was beautifully placed on Saturday. She was the, given the ride of the day with, and, and she's been a very aggressive filly. And I thought maybe the 1100 might be an issue for her, if anything, the last 50 metres. But... With the cool hands of Clipperton, he switched her off and she finished the 1100 off very, very well. So that's a, a good feather in a cap considering she only had that Mooney Valley 955 metre form and 1,000 metre form at, at, at other places. And uh, she'd had a couple of goes at um, a little bit further in the past and failed. So on the day, very, very good. But um, is she just, is that just her, 1,000, 1,100? I think. Once she, if she can prove that she can get to 1,200 metres, she's a good filly. But I, I just need her to show me that first because uh, she was just brilliant uh, on Saturday, I must say, and uh, no knock on the win. And she was strong through the line I must, and she run time. So you're right, but I want to see her do it twice. And sometimes we get excited about these wins over the short course and they're just one-trick ponies. They're 1,000-metre, 1,100-metre horses, and there's, there's limited options for those horses. Well, a European sire, Ben Chester, I think it is. Yes. I, I don't know him at all, and it's the Dames by um, uh, Streetcroft. So you'd yep. think it could run up to a mile, really. You would, until you just pull out all the replays and just see how aggressive she is. So, uh, yeah, I, she may have just taken a little time to mature and she's come back better uh, so yep let's just I, I'd rather assess her next time but she's pretty hard to pot the first up run at Hawkesbury was good just got a little tired late at the 1100 but she was much better uh, there on Saturday with that run under her belt just one other thing uh, the horse down the bottom there once again my girl that did all the track record previous um, they had young um, race knock rated twice Track record 1,000, track record 1,100, first two starts. But he wasn't on it. They put young Cos, uh, Miss Cosden on it. Yeah, well, that's... Why, why would they t- change yeah. jockeys for? Well, it's, she's gone from a maiden to a stakes race, and he's an inexperienced apprentice who's going well, I must say. But uh, in, a, in a stakes race, um, you'll find that, you know, apprentices, uh, they, they'd rather replace them with senior jockeys. He's soon will come. Uh, but it's just that he, he couldn't utilise that claim um, that he has. So that's the reasoning there. And look, she ran well. She went out hard. It's very hard for those horses to go straight to a stakes race. And I, I think she's a nice filly. 
I'll be interested to see when he gets back on how it goes. Yep, yep, for sure. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Ken. Ken, we're there with his thoughts. Um, now, uh, we've got, I've just got a text from Tracy Bartley, actually. Guys, just heard your comments on the safety vests. I think the helmets also are too big. The helmets mm-hmm. back when I rode were a lot lighter and smaller, I believe, due to thickness of the helmets. Nowadays, whiplash is more prominent. So there's that discussion, I guess, happening. And obviously, we've seen some unfortunate uh, events, um, very unfortunate events happen in racing with some nasty falls. But um, this discussion is obviously going to continue and happen. And that is interesting. I think that's interesting for us, too, to hear as punters, Duff, because... We do hear a lot about, you know, uh, how horses parade, look. We get analysis of the race. But these other aspects of our game, as putters and people in their local on a, on a weekend or whatever, we don't really hear about this sort of stuff. So I think it's good to have these discussions. Yep, but we should never stop talking about safety um, with, with technology and things are moving. Actually, I haven't felt the weight of a, a helmet for, for many, many years. I didn't realise they were a lot heavier than what we used to have. So... Um, yep, that could be another angle we should look at, but we should never stop investigating and looking at anything to do with safety. Dave, a little further to that, a jockey up here, Michael Carl, who I have the utmost respect for, he's had a number of falls throughout his career and he keeps on bouncing back and riding as well as ever, but I know he's spoken a lot about the helmets as well. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, um, so it, it seems as though there's a lot more discussion, Ronnie, these days from people that sort of, you know, uh, are, are worth listening to. And I noted on a number of occasions that Michael has suggested that maybe we, because um, the helmets that the jockeys use here in Australia, is it state by st- state or is it national? It's a particular type of helmet that they have to use. Approved brands. And if, yeah. if, you wanna, if you're going to listen to anyone, uh, you've got to listen to someone that's ridden with with all styles and Michael would be one of those people that started off when when I was more or less riding as well and yeah. um, he would have had the, the light helmet which was always we never had a problem with and um, he's ridden right through to the new the new brand so he he would be a great spokesman for that what about hip hip hurrah first race in the um, uh, on Saturday there at Scone Duff uh, Michael Friedman Brett Preble Dipsy Doodle was coming, G, another centimetre, and Dipsy Doodle wins. Yep, uh, bunch finish, but a good field, I think. I think Hippie Barra's a lovely filly. We're very beautifully bred. She jumped, bang, she's gone bang, bang, and Dipsy Doodle tried hard. She was set up well, but miracles of love, miracle of love. Um, what have they got here? Uh, she hadn't trialled since January. Um, you pick the fields up and you go, well, here they are. Look at She's been out of Miss Finland. And the confidence was there. She was. Uh, she opened up. Uh, when did she open up on Wednesday? At sixty-one dollars. She's at the as the last was winning the barrier. I reckon she was twelve dollars. So you knew there was something on, and she missed the speed of the race when they sprinted get, turning for home. But boy, oh boy, those last four strides. They're, they're working with gas. Um, she is pretty good, I think. Maybe more so in the spring rather than the winter, but. Uh, Paul said in an interview with Greg prior to the race, oh, no, we're eyeing there already. Before, had it, before the race, he said, oh, there's a couple of lovely races in Brisbane for her. <clears throat> so he knew she was going to run well. And with the pedigree that she's got, being by done deal out of Miss Finland, well, wait till she gets to a mile. Yeah, very much so. Um, that was nice. Um, and uh, some big names in that ownership, as you expect, being a filly. So look out, miracle of love, that one is. Uh, now, uh, another couple of texts here. Uh, Step Lee was pretty good in the Class 3 handicap, Duff. Good, yeah. Well, won, hadn't won since this race last year. He is a hard-headed horse. He wants to go hard. So Reese uh, switched him off. He looked for cover. He still over-raced. He had a lot to do and still did it. He loves his home track. Uh, not saying it's the strongest highway I've seen, but he was well set up by Rod to win that race, and he did it quite nicely, landing solid bets too. What about Airman, uh, Airman, in uh, the last there at uh, Flemington on the weekend, Gator? Yeah, nice horse, nice win. There are a couple of really uh, neat up-and-coming winners on Saturday and uh, off the back of Globe seven days earlier. Um, so, you know, what do we say? There's no such thing as an off-season. We're <laughs> looking for, for the next spring horse. And 
Yeah, man. Well, they restrained the power. They had a plan, um, you know, drawn uh, out wide. Uh, so went back last, got some cover, and then just let rip uh, with a terrific um, burst. The first four put a gap on the rest of them. You know, the runner-up who dares had former and some handy horses. So did Midtown Boss third. And uh, plenty of, um, you know, merit on the clock. They've run one nine eight nine here. So near 10 lengths above um, all averages. So a lot of strength to his closing uh, 600 sectional as he did the start prior. And his overall time. If you're looking at the, the listed race on the day, also over 1,200. He's only gone, what is it, 0.1... Uh, Slower than it's our time, um, and uh, that was off a you know a, a bit of a quicker first half of that race. So a lot to like. What about Altivo? He's a nice horse. Oh yeah, I, I think he's a really really nice horse. It's funny going into the races on Saturday, and there was a school of thought, and I was one of them that just thought maybe he was a little bit thin in the market. Okay, I, I you know I tipped him, but um, I thought um, is everyone still thinking about Globe the week earlier? <laughs> I, said, yeah. I said he's not Globe, but but I think he's he's really good, and that win was um, I think it was exceptional because he was sort of midfield with cover, good solid speed helped him. So sixty point eight first thousand, a good four lengths above average. So a good speed helps the better athlete as we know. But he's run thirty three eight the last six hundred at the uh, the end of a mile off a good speed. So about ten lengths above average overall time, still nine lengths above. So he's similar to Airman, a lot of merit to the eye um, and on the clock. Okay, let's take a break. Horses to follow after this from the Jets. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. 9.55 on Sky Sports Radio, and uh, we're going to get some horses to follow shortly from the Gents. Uh, Locks of text on the the text line here. Maxie, there's text here from Michael from Port Macquarie. Did Bernie have a good day on the tip on Saturday as well? <laughs> yes, she did. And they weren't six to four favourite, two fifty in the old. They were they were coming in at any old price. I think Bernie had six of the nine winners. This is from I think mainly from the yard, selecting them from the yard. That's great. One of her one of her big winners was Sofrado. He's a good sort. He's actually by encryption who stands here at Eureka Stud and he needed to get a good horse early in his career and he's got one here in Sofrado. Uh, Bernie found him at $26. He was probably disrespected in the market. I don't know why, because he had the right form credentials. But, yes, she had... Uh, Bernie certainly had a day out there at Doombin last Saturday. That's great stuff. And uh, she was on Sky Sports Radio on the weekend on Racing HQ. So be listening every Saturday morning as they go around the grounds uh, with uh, Duff, of course, when you're on. Uh, they'll also touch down uh, south with Melbourne. It's got all the uh, the big races covered for... The morning there, Racing HQ on Saturday morning. All right, some horses to follow, gents. I'll start with you, Duff. What are we, Barry, what are we backing? Oh, one for Maxie. And would you believe I'm tipping a Queenslander, uh, Larrikin Rouge. Oh, yes, this was big. He was, yeah. I'm surprised you were still there by the last. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why I remember it. I'll tell you why, because the gentleman that used to host this program in the Big Sports Breakfast, Terry Kennedy... Yeah. Uh, now you reckon that I can stop stop a train and stop COVID? Yeah. <laughs> Before TK started, he was known as the cooler. Oh, the cooler! Yeah. And I, I, I actually named him the cooler. He was mate. He was tipping this horse, saying it's flying, and Chris is down here. Chris Anderson from Queensland, and uh, of course, naturally, none of us backed it that he was with on the day because we all thought, oh, TK. <laughs> and with me and TK on the same horse, it could have just been a disaster. But it is a beauty. He, he's a real improver. He give him a good rap going into it. I know the track played his way, but he's still got more to come. Unspoken will win. I reckon there's a race at Ramwick in Saturday week, benchmark 78, 2,000 metre race. He's just left a, lip, a little flat-footed there at a vital stage, and he's got more to offer. And Sir Lemur is a mare that run into some dead ends down the straight there, and she's got a peak performance in her next time. So Lurican Rouge, unspoken, Sir Lemur. All right. Uh, what about yourself, Gator? Uh, well, I've had the pen all ready. I was waiting for another Eurovision. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie, that, that's awkward. Uh, look, I'm, I'm going to go with Green Fly. It was a sectional star from Flemington. He just wants further and a bit wetter. He can be winning soon. Prowling with a terrific run. And I'm with Ronnie with Unspoken. They went back in trip. I think it was the... Uh, and still beat all by a good one. 
a backup in trip next start for him. And what about yourself, Maxie? I'm interested in, I was just going through some New South Wales trials recently, Converge. Um, he went around and trialled nicely, which was good to see recently at Hawkesbury. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe a Kingston Smith Cup. I know he's hot and cold. You've got to get him. But if Waterhouse Spot have got him spot on in a race like a Kingston Smith Cup, he's acted really well at Eagle Farm in the past. 1,300 weight for age. He could be a, a good bet at double-figure prices, Converge. But last Saturday... At Derma, we touched on Soprato, one that Bernie tipped at a big price in the spirit of Boom Champagne, the two-year-old. Horse that ran seventh in it uh, for Michael Friedman, a cop by trapeze artist called Duke Cass. Mm-hmm. Very much eye-catching at his first start at Rose Hill, charging home. The other day, he drew an awkward gate on Saturday, barrier eight, and Nash came out wanting to tuck him behind to get a bit of a spot, but the horse refused to. He was unruly, and he was over-racing in a hot-tempo race. Yet when he got him to the outside at the top of the straight, it was three wide thereafter, but pulled him to the extreme outside. He's worked home beautifully. He could go to a BRC sire. So due cash out of the spirit of boom there last Saturday. Yeah, I thought it was a hidden run, but you were on to him, uh, Maxie. It was a very good <laughs> run. He, he's, um, he's a horse I loved from that Dipsy Doodle race the other day. And, uh, yeah, that yeah. form stood up, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I reckon you're right, 1,400. All right, there we go, gentlemen. We'll catch you next Monday. Punters post-mortem, looking forward to dissecting the week. We've got, uh, obviously, racing returning in Sydney to Rose Hill. We've got a good meeting at uh, Doombin. Uh, we've got the Doombin Cup on Saturday, of, as well as uh, the Roses, the BRC Sprint, the Pam O'Neill, the Carter Stakes, the Chief De Beers, the Derby McCarthy, etc. Now, down in Melbourne, have we got any feature racing down there um, as we roll into winter? Sometimes we have those good winter meetings uh, in Melbourne, Gator, I think we've got uh, at Flemington just some Supervobas racing. So uh, they'll be coming your way via Sky Racing. Uh, and, of course, over there in South Australia, we've got the Goodwood. So uh, eyes on the Goodwood and how that field will line up. Of course, that's the feature there in Adelaide. So we're looking forward to the uh, RA Lee Stakes as well and the uh, the South Australian Phillies Classic over the 2,500. So another good Saturday ahead, boys, and week on the punt. Have a good day, and we'll chat next week. See you guys. Bye-bye. See you.